Welcome to Smart Finance 360, the podcast where money matters meet innovative thinking. Every week, we dive deep into the world of finance, exploring trends, debunking myths, and bringing you the latest insights from industry experts. Whether you're a seasoned investor, a financial newbie, or somewhere in between, this is your go-to source for becoming financially savvy. All right, welcome to another podcast for Smart Finance 360 Your Mortgage and More. We got Brad um, Jacobson here. He is a real estate investor turn into real estate success here. He's got a really cool story of how you can buy multiple properties of real estate by just being a W-2 uh, worker, being self-employed. He kind of teaches people how they can get through uh, you know, any type of, uh, I say, economic environment and buy houses. So for you, Brad, what was the first thing for you that you know made you decide to become an investor? How did it all happen? How did you just wake up one day and say, I'm going to buy a house, I'm going to buy tons of houses? I, it, it was not an overnight thing. Uh, I never intended on being an investor. No one in my family owns any real estate. I don't have any aunts, uncles, cousins, crazy. friends. So you were like I the just, first. Yeah. You I. Were gener- you, you were the change of generational kind of education and wealth by buying real estate. I, I, yes, I am the first. Uh, I, I think I can formally call myself an investor. Congratulations. And, and the way it worked, I it's so funny because it, it's backwards. This will show you my my mindset mindset shift. But my senior year of college at Weber State there in Ogden, um, I was about to graduate and about to get a job and was about to like have money for the first time. Uh, yeah, I know how that is. But I thought, and so I I looked for the best books on finance because I wanted to figure out what to do with my four hundred one k. At that point, I didn't have a four hundred one k, and I figured that once I got a job, I'd start saving for retirement. Yeah. And it was as dumb as that, uh, but about rich dad, poor dad, and didn't yeah, get a little bit about that for book. many years. <laughs> so, so, it, it, so it's a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, by Robert Kiyosaki. It's uh, 20, 25 years old, mm-hmm. and uh, anyone who's read it is a raving fan. Really? I, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I know anyone who's sincerely read it and not. So you read it and inspired you, and then did you just take verbatim of what you learned in the book, or what kind of what insight did you get from that book that made you just go out and decide? Let's look at real estate as kind of a, a thing that you can use as a financial tool for retirement and for income, et cetera. Um, I think I grasped the concept pretty quickly of leverage. Okay. Um, before I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, I I, I, I don't want to call myself a Dave Ramsey geek, eh. but I I knew Dave Ramsey. Yeah. I had read all his books, <laughs> and I did his Financial Peace University, yeah. and I was really good about saving. I was always saving fifteen percent or more of my income, despite being broke. Yeah, I got so you already had that kind of consistency of dedication to what's the word? Not dedication, but uh, that's frugal. Yeah, save. yeah, frugal. Yeah, so I had I had a paid off car, I had ten grand in the bank, I I got through school mm-hmm. um, debt free by just being yeah, Congrats, frugal good for you. And cheap. So when you read this book, it was kind of a match made in heaven, I would say. Yeah, because all of a sudden I realized that if I own an asset worth two three hundred thousand dollars at that time and it goes up in three percent every year that's seven to nine thousand dollars yeah and at that time in college i was barely able to save five thousand dollars a year by just being ultra frugal yeah. and kind of ruining my life over just frugality yeah 100 percent. Right? so you read this book you probably got your first job i'm assuming at the time out of college yeah, out, right. out of the work how did you buy your first property tell me a little bit about yeah, that yeah so I, I was really anxious so i got a i got a job making 1690 an hour Wow, and got pre-qualified uh, yeah. for I think at that time it was like two hundred fifty thousand, okay. yeah, which I, I could do because I had no debt, yeah, and bought a four-bedroom house in Layton 
for 215. That's great. And how much did you put down on that property? The minimum. Okay. I think it was 3%. percent at the time. I'm yeah. not honestly sure, but I think it was yeah, yeah, I probably. Did a conventional loan. Yeah. Might have been five. But. You can, as a first time home buyer, you can definitely do 3%. So it's probably what you did. So you put 3% down, you had a property. Was it a duplex? What was kind of the just a regular single family house at a mother in law apartment? How was it? What'd you do here? Yeah. I wanted a duplex or some sort of small multi unit and I just struck out. So yeah. I was still single. And I just bought a house with four bedrooms, and then I rented out the other three. Amazing. To so, my cousin and two of his buddies. So at that point, whatever your mortgage was, your other roommates basically helped pay that off. My mortgage was just over 1100 a month. That's amazing. How old were you at the time? 24, 5. Yeah, that's great. For a single 24-year-old, you got friends that are also single. That's great. Uh, See, so you bought that property, and then you know, obviously the snowball effect. You bought a lot of properties. What kind of happened after that? How were you able to kind of buy more properties? Tell us what you did there on your next property. Um, I made the goal uh, back then to not put money into anything but real estate. Okay. And so, like I said, back when I was in college, I was probably saving five thousand or so a year, and that got me my first. And then, um, so I charged my roommates 400 a room, mm -hmm. and my mortgage was 1100 a month. Oh, so between three roommates, I, I paid the utilities yeah. on the house, but I was free in the house. And then once I got my first job, I was making about 40000 Yeah, out of college, but I was saving 50% of it. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't no, have a car payment. mortgage, you don't have a car payment. You're just saving for the next fund. Yeah, so I saved about twenty grand, and that wasn't enough to buy an investment property the traditional uh, way, yeah. which is 10 to 20% down, mm -hmm. 10 to 25% down. And so I went out of state, and I bought a, a dumpy, I think it was $68,000 okay. house in Memphis, just from, I went nice. to the real estate meetups, and I just told myself I was going to buy a property every year. And anyways, that's all I could do. That was the only so you thing went out I put 20% down. And uh, the 20% down investment. Yeah, it was about 20 grand, probably 15% down, five in closing that, costs. What was your research on like Memphis of all places, from Utah to Memphis? It wasn't good, like in all honesty. <laughs> Like you'll read all the books and they'll be like, you have yeah. to buy with this code and yeah, this process yeah, yeah. and these rules and yeah, like you just went out and did. You just went out. You're like, this is the this is it. I'm gonna go out there and I think this could be a good area. Yeah, I, no, I never, I never went. I never saw it. I actually sold it recently and I still never saw it. I uh, <laughs> awesome. just went to some real estate meetups and there were turnkey yeah. sellers. Yeah. Which looking back was a horrible deal. Like I like I got hosed on it. Yeah, but I, I still I still day, made out really well. Oh, great. But looking back, I bought really unintelligently. I just had that goal. What would be your suggestion to someone to do that? Let's say someone wants to buy a property in like Memphis. What would you say the route? You you say you regret kind of what you did, but what would you do now that you, from what you've learned? So I can answer that in so many ways. Um, <laughs> uh, it, there's a reason that house was $70,000. Mm -hmm. And that's because it was a dumpy house in a dumpy neighborhood with, yeah, I don't want to be too critical, but, but really poor tenants. Yeah, it was just, it was just, that that's why that was priced. Yeah, yeah, and I I did it twice. And the next year I went and bought in Florida, like seventy two thousand. Gotcha. About the same thing. I saved another twenty grand. Save twenty grand for twenty percent down investment. Yeah, nice. buying just and you were a W two, just working at a nine to five job. W two saving fifty percent of your income. Yeah, looking at the right markets in the right areas where you could put twenty percent down. Yeah, and then in turn you either had to cover the rent, but equity was building. And yeah. That's great. Yeah, they never cost me another dime. The yeah. cash flow was good, but the tenants were poor. So every year I had to essentially reinvest all the cash flow into just fixing it up. Yeah. But 
they were stable assets and yeah. never were any trouble. You property manage those yourself or did you find a company? No, I, I, pro- I manage all my local properties, gotcha. but I, I had property management out of state. Okay, cool. Um, um, uh, did you, uh, every time you bought an investment property, did you always just save up to 20% and find the right market or did you do other things kind of um, uh, to look into the financing? No, when I, when I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, but the, I, my whole story is then after I did that a few times and the I, I got started getting some equity, at that point I, I broke through the broke W2, yeah. barely saving enough to do anything phase. Mm-hmm. And then once, you know, you get that first $60,000 check, yeah. or $100,000 check. A house. Yeah, the game changes. And yeah. then then I got smarter and then I became an agent. And then, yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of the story. That's a cool story though as far as discipline. You saved money really good and found the right markets to put 20% down because obviously in Utah, it's 20% down is going to be really hard. For yeah. Even back then it was like 50 grand. Yeah. So I mean, grand. Yeah, now I, it's I, what, 100 probably roughly depending yeah. on the market. So I mean, but finding the right market, um, it's just phenomenal. So you were able to basically quit the rat race nine to five job and uh, basically you learned so much by investing yourself. You became a real estate agent yeah. And now you teach others that. That's that's just phenomenal as far as good for you, man. So thank you. How did it get started to transition to like, oh, I like doing this a lot. I like saving my money and buying investment properties. What got you just is it just because naturally that's real estate to become a real estate agent? What got you into the market as, you know, profession as a real estate agent? Um, it was I people talk about the importance of loving what you do and being in alignment with what you believe. Um, prior, I was in sales, um, selling tr- fuel cards and things for truckers. Yeah, I hated it. I was grinding on the phone eight hours a day. You hate what you sell. You're just it's 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 a recipe yeah. that you're not going to be successful. Yeah, I did. I hated what I sold. I didn't believe in it. And then I, I ended up taking a job in nutrition, uh, like supplement manufacturing. Okay. And I thought it was interesting, but it wasn't what I was passionate about. Like this whole time and all my other jobs, I like loved real estate. Yeah, you were thinking about real estate. You were saving everything. You were saving this for real estate. You learned things and then now you're doing it in your passion. So that's great. How has it been going lately in this last, you know, three, four years? It's been a roller coaster for most agents and loan officers as far as super low rates, but crazy inventory to 20 offers on a a property to zero offers. Like how's it been lately for you? I, last year was my best year ever by far. That's amazing. Again, it was only my third year, but it That's was still amazing. Good for you. On the way, every year has been considerably better than the last. That's great. So, Rich Dad Poor Dad, great book, got you inspired to go into real estate and uh, buy real estate, and then you just did it the traditional save money, half your paychecks, and buy it in the right market where you could put you know it down. How many investment properties do you have now? Five units. That's great. And you said, how many did you sell? Uh, have you sold or you've bought in the I last 11, 12 years? This. Yeah, I should have prepped more. Top of your head. You I, know? Think, I think at some point I've touched or been part of 11 different so That's deals. crazy, I think, because you start, what did you start? What year did you start buying? 17. So you were, you really were buying more than one property a year then, or roughly? No, I, no. The first four years was very linear, yeah. and then when I when I became an agent, all of a sudden I was in the right groups and gotcha. deals started coming, and I had funds to do deals with. Yeah, I think that was the, that, that's the big hiccup, hiccup that I think people struggle with is when you don't have someone in the family that can help you, you don't have someone that can mentor you, you don't have any money. It's it's a grind. I think it's but, really inspiring that you read a book, taught yourself, and just went out and did it. And now you can teach others, you can teach clients how to do it. 
Um, and it's clearly your passion. So that book inspired you to do that. What other, you were mentioning some other books that you've read that, you know, super interesting. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the books that you've read that have helped you get to the next level? Yeah, I, I, I read a lot of books. Yeah. I, I need to listen to more podcasts, but I, hey. I, I read a lot or of Or a books. definition of applying something after you read, because that's amazing as far as, you know, within an eight-year, nine-year span buying that many properties. So kudos to you. Well, thank you. I, yeah, I, I, I will, I'll be more transparent. I don't read at all. I audible. Like, yeah, I can't read after college. <laughs> college was so hard for me because you can't, some of the college textbooks, like, Ochem, like oh brutal i have to I, I i told my wife i cannot read a book i just can't she makes fun of me but i audible all day long so yeah. same thing though but i can't like my mind gets all like ptsd like oh Ochem, i can't do this so yeah so audible what book now kind of you, you've listened to that kind of got you the next level and i think the most applicable book so rich dad poor dad is the mindset book yeah. that'll teach you how to think about money differently but doesn't do a good job of telling you what and how to do. Gotcha. The book for me that I, I think I finished it for my fifth time last year is called Set for Life by Scott Trench from okay. Big Pockets. And that was like everything I just said that I did is outlined in that book. Really? It talks about, yeah, saving, making your first $25,000, buying your first home, which has to be a house hack, uh-huh. keeping your expenses super low, saving 50% of your income, breaking the $100,000 savings mark, and then moving into a sales position where you can double, triple, quadruple your income. Gotcha. So when you mean house hack, for people that are listening here, that's something (laughs) like a duplex or buying a house that may need renovating and then it has a mother-in-law apartment and you can rent out both, you know, the mother-in-law down below and then upstairs. So it not only covers the mortgage, but it also gets you some, you know, to have excess cash flow. And so so that gave you more of a playbook then to help you go out and execute. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the basic definition of the house hack, like you're saying, is just cutting your living expenses in half in any way you can by renting out some portion of the home you're living in. It's cool. Because if you look at the statistics, uh, the average mortgage right now of any yeah. first time home buyer is a little over 40%. Yeah. Every, just about every first time home buyer is maxing out their pre approvals. Yes. Afford in this market. Yeah, and it's tough, especially in Utah. Really well. <laughs> especially in Utah. Uh, I've told people uh, house hacking as far as finding a mother in law apartment is incredible I, my first home that i bought actually had a mother-in-law apartment cool. and the basement was it was a great location i actually bought it in layton utah actually nice. and the mother-in-law apartment uh, was able to cover like 75 percent of yeah. the mortgage it was amazing so i went from renting to owning this house and now my payment to live in this house is like it was like a thousand dollars cheaper yeah. to live in the house build up equity and it was just a great experience for me and my wife with our little kids to be able to have I remember at one time we were able to save so much money because of that too because our expenses were low I paid off my car I was able to, instead of paying it towards my mortgage because my renter was I could pay it towards my car and I paid it off so stuff like that's super inspiring so uh, what was the book again you said set for life set for life Scott Trench I mean I, I have to ask you about books because you are like you apply everything that you're reading it it seems what other books you got on top of your head if, if, I, if I may ask that you've listened to or that you like lately um uh, I, it, I, I I again I can answer that in a few yeah, days. Yeah. It's my favorite books of all time um uh, it's hard so what I'm reading right now is do the impossible okay by Jason Dries um he's a yeah, tell mindset me about it. book it's 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 odd it's it's kind of a weird book yeah um but it it's focused on getting in alignment with a better version of yourself 
So the book often encourages you to think of like who you want to be, like the ideal you, Mm -hmm. and then almost forcing yourself to pretend that you already are that person. And then acting as... So you're creating the alter ego you want to be, and then you just become a fake it to make it type thing? Yeah, almost. You know, what would your awesome. perfect self be doing every morning? And now oh, just shit. start doing that. So every time you make a decision, what would that perfect, you just go do it. Yeah, get in alignment with who you want to be. be. killer. So, that's, you know, that, that's a cool book. And that's great. Um, what's your goals in real estate for long term? How many do you think properties you think that you want to reach personally that could help you have financial freedom forever? Um you know, everyone has kind of different goals. What What are yours, if I may ask? I, short term, attainable is I'd like to have five units paid off. Okay, cool. Um, that's that's the Dave Ramsey that still lives in me. Is gotcha. I, I think peace is more important than wealth. Wealth, like like I think super right. wealth, because yeah, 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 yeah. Like wealth is peace, but some people want to take over the world. Yeah, and that's not me. I I love to have. I, I think know, making smart on. decisions. I, what's so inspiring about your story is that. I mean, $40,000 a year in your first job and you were still able to buy real estate because you saved. So the people that save money, there are, instead of just saving all your money over 30 years and just not spending it, you know, historically we have, you know, clients that I've seen done that. They never bought investment properties, they never invested, but they, you know, after 30 years, they have like 700000 $1,000 million saved. But what you did is you went out and used every piece of your savings in real estate and it created financial freedom, which I think is a lot different than just wealth. So, you know, having five units paid off in your 50s and your 60s with that cash flow, that's a very comfortable living. And that also probably is comfortable for you now because you can do sales because the other stuff covers your bills. So if anyone wants to buy real estate and they're a W-2 worker, and a lot of people say, oh, well, I'm not like the rich, wealthy, self-employed guy that makes a ton of money and can buy a lot of real estate. That's incorrect. You can buy real estate just by as little as low as $40,000 a year in income like you did. like So that's that's inspiring for people listening to this that they can buy real estate. They just need to know how. Um, anything yeah. you've learned uh, that you'd like to tell these people that uh, are looking to invest, um, that maybe it's their first time or multiple time that you've learned as a real estate agent that you could yeah. you know give advice to? Sure. So uh, I was president of NURIA, the Northern Utah Real Estate Investors Association, for two years. And there's, there's a big mix- misconception because there's a lot of books out there that's how to take down the world's biggest deal when you know nothing and you know, how to invest in real estate with no money down and Grant Cardone's, you know, don't skip your primary residence and go buy an apartment yeah. complex because you're me, you know, yeah, and yeah. I, I, I strongly disagree with those books because I think that that creates barriers for people to never get started. What matters is buy your primary residence just the moment you can. Yeah. You know, if you're 18 and you're yeah. making 18 bucks an hour, you know, buy that rent it out and get that snowball working because I don't think Warren Buffett was a millionaire until he was 30. Really? Yeah, There's a, it was 30 or 31. So if you think about him yeah. being worth 100, 200, yeah. whatever he is today, yeah, it, it's a slow grind. And real estate's the same way. You, you, you're you not going to take down an apartment complex no. when you're 18. Yeah. Or if you're 30 and you know nothing about real estate, you just, you, you need to learn the basics. You need to learn how to become a landlord. You need to learn what an escrow account is. Yes. You need to learn how the financing works. For sometimes some people just learn how to save money every month. And that's yeah. one thing I'd like to ask you on that. How did you budget making that, you know, m- amount of money every month as far as, you know, you had things paid off, but what's something for financial, you know, people that are having struggling to save money every month? What did you do? Did you avoid like going to fast food? Did you, you, you proper, you did budget for groceries? Like how did you get through to save that money? What was the things you did at that time? Um, I, I think my real start was 
one of the first books I read out of high school was Dave Ramsey's okay. um, The Total Money Makeover okay. or, or Financial Peace University. One of, one of the, he's one got of a few of them. I re, I've read them all. And then I, I did attend Dave Ramsey's course. It's 100 bucks. You, you, you attended the course. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I was, I was like a big Dave Ramsey nerd before yeah, I yeah. got into the investment yeah. mindset. And yeah, so I was just, I, I did the Ramsey baby steps. That's right. From the moment I was 18. Yeah. I think that's a phenomenal thing. It's crazy that at times they don't, they should have courses in college. Actually, yeah. That stuff is like, no. you learned how to budget first and then you used that discipline and that, I say it the talent because I, me and my wife had to basically save and have, oh, I could not, I, we were very poor. Like if I went to Taco Bell and spent more than that $1 <laughs> bean burrito, like, uh, okay, well, now I can't get a bean burrito tomorrow. I just have to go with the crispy bean. You know, I, I remember those days. So it's like learning how to budget and also learning from being poor. Like, I don't want to be poor ever again. Yeah. Uh, you know, it makes you work hard. But, you know, learning that budget first, I think it's great. So, yeah, I think this is a is a great plug for the books you've read for people that want to learn. But uh, super inspiring story, man. I think, and you're crushing it right now as a great real estate agent because you practice what you preach. That's what I love about a lot of real estate agents. You'd be surprised have maybe one house or don't buy and sell that much at all. Like, it, yeah. It's crazy to me that for you, what's amazing is that you practice what you preach because you actually do it time in. You've done it multiple times. You can help your clients not only buy their first house, but multiple houses because you've done it. So last question I have for you is what's your why? Why do you do it? All, all business, do all business. anything. <laughs> what's I love asking this question to people. Is like, what's their why in life of why they do what they do? Yeah. Tough one, I know. Yeah, that, that needed a second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I think my why is, I I understand. I don't understand, but I I know that every year seems to go by faster than the last, and life is just getting shorter. It's it's a downhill I thing. I think so. Yeah. And I I think I have a pretty good grasp of how limited time is in this life, and I always thought that. My first jobs, I, I worked hard. I was working ten, you know, eight to ten hours a day, and just work. And that's that's a horrible life because if you're awake for seventeen hours a day, or whatever, and you're working away ten of it, and then you only have the other seven to have fun and be with family and enjoy life. Um, I've always wanted to get the the work optional. Like, mm-hmm. I only want to work if I like what I'm doing. And even though like, I even love being an agent, so I'd, I'd still way rather be hanging out with my daughter or my wife or my friends or whatever than I would be showing houses. Yeah. And so I, I think financial freedom for me has always been a big time thing that I, I just want to be free. And I just want money to be optional, work to be optional. I just I just want that out of my life. Yeah. I, I'd much rather live the next, I, I just turned 31, so my next 70 years, whatever I got yeah. left. I'd like that to be as close to work free as possible so then I can do what I want and live the life I want and be with the people I want and serve and yeah. you know, be live a better life. And I, work is such a drag on our lives. <laughs> if I can get away from it somehow, that's super motivating to me. Uh, I love that answer. Thank you so much. That was a, a mic drop if you asked me. Wonderful <laughs> to anyone answer. I appreciate you. Brad, uh, last thing, uh, how can someone get a hold of you for real estate? Uh, you know, do you have a, a Facebook page or anything like that or a, a good good contact information we can plug you in on the podcast? Yeah, I, uh, I love to pitch. I'm uh, active in the Ogden. I, I live in Ogden, Utah, and I serve the Davis, Weber, and Box Elder counties more than anything. Awesome. 
And yeah, if uh, my best contact is to find me on Facebook. Okay. I post every day and I'm very active on there. So if you want to know more about me, you will. I love it. Follow me. At Jacobson Real Estate Agent. At Jacobson. Yeah, Equity Real Estate. And I own a sub-brand called Jacobson Realty. Jacobson Realty. Utah. So. Perfect. Well, thanks for having us on. That was awesome. I love that you can teach people that, you know, is you save money, you can definitely get and reach financial freedom by saving money and buying real estate. So thanks for having, having you and you're the man. Thank you. This is, this is really fun. I appreciate you. Awesome. Having me on. We'll have you on again.